Hey guys, it's Dr. J. And Apostle Sherman. And we are so excited that you have tuned in for this week's message. We pray that it blesses you and helps to transform your life and the direction that God has for you. Enjoy the message. We are so excited that you are here. Listen, God has you here for a specific purpose and reason. And I want you to do something that's so important. I want you to press that supernatural button, the share button. Would you do that right now? Everyone in this room and everyone watching on live, would you go ahead and share this broadcast with someone and let them know that we're on live. God has a word for them. Would you let them know God has something special for them? And if you're feeling real froggy, go ahead and tag somebody in the comments tonight and invite them to come on. I believe the Lord's going to do something. He is already doing something extraordinary um, tonight as we press into his presence. Global corporate prayer is looking a little different tonight. Uh, Sunday, I can't really explain to you what happened, um, but um, the, the, the Lord came in in a very special way, and, um, and we never got to the preached word, and, uh, and I'm okay with that, right, because it's his house, and what I found out is that you don't ever tell another man what to do in his house. You don't walk in another man's house and tell him what to do. That's not how that works. You can suggest some stuff, but you don't tell him what to do. And uh, what I believe without a doubt is that you don't tell God what to do in his house. When he begins to move, you get out of the way. The best thing we can do as leaders in this nation is to bow and get out of the way. And I believe in this hour as we do so, we will experience some of the greatest moves of God we have ever seen because leaders are willing to get out of the way. Amen? But we're jumping into the word of God and we're going to John chapter 3 and verse number 16. Very familiar scripture. Most of you know it that are watching live tonight. I do, she's here, so I do want to honor our co-pastor, Apostle Dr. Chiquette Dumas. Let's thank God. Amen. Uh, we honor her. If you, you know, put some clapping emojis in the comments. Say yay her. Some, do something. John chapter 3, verse number 16. And uh, we're going to jump into this. The Bible says, for God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten son whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life i want to minister a word tonight just just for a few moments entitled do as he did do as he did thank you gentlemen we we have jumped into uh, an amazing series here at all nations san bernardino called the blessing and as we've been in the blessing we've been looking at the powerful concept of how God releases his blessing to our lives. We found out as in our studies that it's important that we grab a hold of being willing to submit to God and to do it with joy. Um, last week we talked about how oftentimes people are obedient to God uh, so to say, but without joy. And God has drawn us into the place where we are committed that we're not just going to obey and do it begrudgingly, but we're going to do it with joy. This related even to the, the, the understanding of the first fruit that God has commanded in this scripture to, for us to give unto him. And I think one of the best examples of the giving of the first fruit is found in John chapter 3 and verse number 16. This scripture is not just a scripture that everybody expresses for the salvation of many and for God's love towards us. It's actually a pattern for us to follow. Um, God, the Father, gave his first fruit. 
Matter of fact, 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 20. Write that down. If you're taking notes, write that down. If you're not taking notes. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 20. But now Christ is risen from the dead and has become, look at this, the first fruit of those who have fallen asleep. God sold Christ, sold Jesus. He was the first fruit. And God sold his son in order to reap a harvest of sons in the earth. He was committed to knowing that, that he would sow his son in such a way that we today stand as the harvest of God sowing his first fruit. Genesis chapter 1 and verse number 28, the Bible says, Then God blessed them, and God said to them, look at this, please, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. God wanted expansion of sons. He wanted there not to just be one of Adam and Eve, but even not just as it relates to the natural. God wanted sons in the earth. The Bible says in Romans 8, verse number 19 says this, For the earnest expectation of creation is that it waits for the revealing, look at this please, of the sons of God. The sons of God. When Adam fell, Jesus, the last Adam, had to fulfill the harvest. God always wanted sons. When Adam got in error, when Adam got out of place, Jesus was sent as the second Adam to fulfill the harvest that men was always supposed to fulfill. God always wanted the bountiful harvest of sons. Please let me pause for a minute to notice that it's important that you, you, you don't just jump into, I just want to follow Jesus, which is vitally important, and we'll get into that later. But God doesn't just want followers. He wants sons. He didn't sow a follower. He sowed a son. He didn't just sow a Christian. He sowed a son. And he sowed a son because he wanted to reap sons. So you got to posture yourself as a son and not just a follower or you will miss out on what God wants to release to your life. As a matter of fact, I want you to type into the comments or say in this room, I am a son. I'm a son. I'm a son. Hebrews chapter 2. Just walking through the word tonight. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 9. But we see Jesus who was made a little lower than the angels. For the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, might taste death for everyone. Verse 10. For it was fitting for him, for whom all things and by whom are all things in bringing many sons. Somebody say many sons. Many sons to glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through suffering. Again, Jesus was the first fruit of the Lord's harvest. And because we are seated in him, we are the harvest of the sons of God. We are all a part of the harvest of God because we receive that fruit of salvation. Sowing the first fruit, God was committed to seeing sons. John chapter 15, verse 19. Let's go there. The Bible says, Then Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly I say to you, the son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the father do. For whatever he does, 
the son also does in like manner let's read it again because it's that good the bible says in verse 19 of john chapter 5 then jesus answered and said to them most assuredly i say to you the son can do nothing nothing everybody holler nothing of himself that's a powerful thought that's a powerful thought because it's not just a thought of what jesus would live out it's a thought of what you should live out Nothing should be done outside of the Father. Now, that messes with you because you're grown and you think you know well. But the truth is you will never navigate this life appropriately and with the greatest results without checking in with the Father. You have to check in with the Father about who you marry. Say amen. You, you, you've got to check in. you got to check in with, with the Father about where you go, who you give your time to, what you do with your money. And we will find ourselves, Maya, in less error if we would check in. We would find ourselves in less trouble if we would simply check in with Abba. But your grown self has gotten yourself into a lot of problems because you refuse to posture yourself as a son. I'm not studying your revelation if you've never submitted it to the Father. Where we get the spirit of error and even what the scriptures call the doctrine of demons is because men rise up in pride feeling like they've caught some level of understanding or revelation. But what they refuse to do, you're preaching good Sherman, what they refuse to do was submit that revelation to the father. And when you don't submit that revelation to the father, you end up in what's called the spirit of error 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 and so as we as we want to press in to fruitfulness we've got to grab a hold of this idea of being a son and if i am a son just as jesus i will fuse to do anything unless i've seen my father do that all right. So popular ministry does not determine what's hot. What's kingdom is oftentimes not popular. And what you find a lot of times that's the most popular, God doesn't have anything to do with it. You don't believe me in the scriptures? That's why the scriptures talk about a narrow way and a wide way. And it says, hey, the narrow way, the narrow way is going to lead unto God. But that the wide way leads, here's the word, here's the word, to destruction. So oftentimes you need to check how wide, preach sermon, or narrow the road is. And a lot of times what begins to happen is we run to the wide road because everybody's there. everybody's there so then we go there people have yes lord people have forfeited their inheritance for the crowd the power of what god is going to do in your life please hear this please is connected to how alone you're willing to be i'm gonna leave now 
And unless you, unless you think that alone means lonely, you're going to miss it. It is possible to walk alone and not be lonely. See, it depends on what I want to surround myself with. If I want to surround myself with flesh because my flesh feels good when it's flesh is surrounded with flesh. Then, 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 then that's what I'm looking for. It's the surrounding of flesh. Don't you dare log off. Share this with somebody, would you? Or if I'm committed that I'm willing to walk alone, and if at times I find myself just surrounded with the three, I'm straight. It's crickets in here, and it's crickets online, and I'm going to tell you why. Because the three is oftentimes not enough for us. What do you mean the three? I'm not about the founder. I'm not the son. I'm not about the Holy Ghost. There are some places that I have gone in God where I could not find anybody, y'all, that understood at the level of what I was walking in. Not saying that they didn't have a revelation. Not saying they didn't have something similar. But what he had designed for me to do and the way he called me to do it. If I was not willing to walk alone, Vera, I could never be Sherman. Because I would consistently be looking for somebody that matched me or that looked like me. But there's nobody around me that's called to what I was called to do the way I'm called to do it. I've got to be willing, preach boy, to walk alone. And me walking alone doesn't mean that I'm lonely. There's just some areas in life where I need to walk alone. And I can't check with you because you don't know nothing about this lane. And if you know the lane, you don't know the lane how I'm supposed to walk into it. So your opinion about how I'm walking the lane will get me messed up. I have to go to the Father to understand how I'm to walk this thing out. He said, I'll do nothing, nothing, nothing of myself. Son can do nothing of himself. If you get that, that'll change your life tonight. If I just stop there tonight, your life can be transformed. When you really grab a hold of, you can do nothing of yourself. <laughs> All these gifts you got, appreciate them. But the moment you start feeling as if your gifts are all you need, you will live a limited manifestation. Our gifts are not all I need. No, indeed. I have to have him. Or my gifts do not work at the prime that they're supposed to work in. Okay, let's walk through it. Let's walk through it. The Bible says gifts and calls, they come without repentance. That means he gives them to you before you were ever born that's there. You can make a decision what kingdom you want to dedicate them to. Just because your gifts function doesn't mean he's functioning with you. And just because your gifts function doesn't mean they function at their prime. As a prophet of God, I am a real living prophet. I hear from God and I share with others what God is saying. I happen to be one of the many mouthpieces of God in the earth. I could take this gift that he has given me and make a decision that I prefer to be wealthy. And I could go on every television show across America and make lots and lots of money because my gift can work without the Holy Ghost. That's messing with some of your religion. I said that. My gift can work without the Holy Ghost. 
I can go around the world and see and say and do. Why? Because he gave it to me when I was in my mother's womb before I ever decided that I would receive him. Now, if I want to operate at prime, if I want to be dedicated to the right kingdom and get the right results, I got to choose light. Not every preacher with a mic has dedicated himself to the right kingdom. Is this thing on? Not every, not every pastor that you're following has dedicated themselves to the right kingdom. Many of us have moved to building our own kingdom. Now, don't, don't, don't mess me up. Don't, don't misunderstand me. God gives you godly fame. I know it. I know it. It comes in waves in my life where people who didn't know about me, and then all of a sudden God has thousands of people that know about me in a moment's time for one moment of obedience to him. So I believe without a doubt God will give you godly fame. I believe that without a doubt. But we have to be careful what we do with the fame he gives us. Are you drunk? And I'm not talking about Sirach. Are you drunk on your own level of fame? Are you drunk on your own level of fame? Are you drunk on it? Are you drunk on who you've been and what you've done and where you are and how many followers and, and what people say about you? You've got to be careful not to believe your own hype. Trust me, it's a daily running yourself to the altar. People can tell me all day, you this, you that, and you that, and I have to climb back in the presence of the Lord and say, I must remain low and know that I can't do none of this without him. Let's keep with the scripture. But the Bible says, but whatever he sees the father do, what he sees the father do, for whatever he does, talking about sons here, whatever the father does, the son also does in like manner. In like manner. Do as he did. Do as uh, he, he did. He did. Um, I, I want to I show you something. As, as we are followers of the father, we are sons of the father. We must follow his pattern in every way that we possibly can. There are levels of revelation. We are consistently growing. We are consistently developing. We have never arrived. We're consistently in the journey, and that's okay. I don't want you to get to a place where you become frustrated about what you don't know. God is not getting frustrated with you as much as what you don't know, as much as he wants to see you walk out what you do know. I was having a conversation with, with uh, one of my natural children the other day, and they were asking questions about uh, where the sun came from, and where the moon came from, and where did this come from? And, and, uh, and I began to talk to them about the fact that I told them, I said, you're just like many adults in the church, is that they're always seeking something beyond what they need to know right now. I said to my child, I say, work on not forgetting to put deodorant on. Complete that task before you go on the journey of trying to figure out where the sun came from. But I say to you all, learn. I've told you before how to pay your bills. Learn stuff like how to manifest the fruit of the spirit. Figure out how to be kind. Search out how to have long suffering. 
Don't, 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 don't come to me worrying about what, 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 how's the end times. You don't need to understand the end times. Just know you have salvation. I need you to learn today's times. I, I need you to manage a Canada before you try to figure out Revelation. Are we pre-trib? Are we in the tribulation? Are we post-trib? Don't worry about it, baby. Just know that you got Jesus. And figure out how to live this life day to day. Don't fall into this space of needing to fall out of all kinds of places instead of just following the pattern on a daily basis and working out what you have in your hand. And as you work that out and you allow him to perfect you in that, then we reach to the next. But he moves us to the next. We don't move ourselves. Well, how possible do I make sure that I'm not stuck? Well, you talk to him daily. As when you don't talk to him daily is when you start losing the navigation plan. You're only confused because you don't talk to him. That's the only reason why you're confused, because you don't have enough of conversations with the Father. But if you follow the pattern, if you follow his journey, it's going to get you somewhere. Somebody say amen like it's good. Um, this is one of the things I want you to understand about the power of Father God. He gave his first fruit. And if we're going to follow his pattern, we must sow our first fruit. If we're going to follow his pattern, we have to come in agreement with what he's doing. Now, before, lest you think that I am talking about just our first fruit offering that we bring to the Lord here at All Nations San Bernardino, you're going to miss it. I am talking about first fruit in every area of your life. So when you understand the first fruit, it's multidimensional. It's multidimensional. It's not just your money, but listen to me, God wants to drop off, off in your life a spiritual harvest as well. What we're pressing in is the principle, the principle of the first, the principle of the first. And when you bring God first, he always wants first place. Let's, let's just get that out of the pool. Wait, he always wants first place. He never is okay with second. He's never okay with second. And, uh, and we are okay with putting him in second oftentimes. He is not okay with being second. Scriptures of things like he said in the Old Testament, you will put no other gods before me. He didn't change that after the cross. He, he still meant that. You should have no other gods before me. Even though he tore down idols in the past, he's still doing that. Yeah. He's still cutting the head off of stuff right now. Yeah, that's what he's doing. And, and if, you, if you don't grab a hold of it, I tell people, that's why I tell people, you're not going to raise me up high because I know he cuts heads off and I refuse to have my head cut off. You won't make me an idol. You won't ask me something and then haven't prayed about it. You won't make me your God. I refuse. But you must position yourself in following him. There is a harvest for you on all levels. The first fruit harvest is multidimensional. That's why you've got to sow the first of everything. How are you handling the first of everything? How are you handling the first of your time? What are you doing with it? See, if you gave him the beginning, and I hear me out, I'm not necessarily saying the first thing in the morning, but if you would begin to give him a, a chunk of your time, what do you think could happen with the rest of your time? Let me move. Um, so Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9, is one of our scriptures for this series that we're hanging around in. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9 says, I'm the Lord with your possessions. 
I really want you to grab a hold of your possessions. And you think money and houses and cars, but every possession, everything you possess, the gifts you possess, yeah, the family that's yours. Honor the Lord with it. Honor the Lord with it. And with the first fruit, here it is, of all your increase. So if you have a sugar daddy that sends you $100 every week, and you in that $100 for a hug, time cuddling for $100, whatever you into, you must understand even that increase. You have to sow your first fruit. Now some of y'all offended by that, but I tell people all the time, I got a money laundering business. Uh, you bring that money to the altar, we will clean it up and use it for the kingdom. I, I don't care where it came from. And I know y'all don't like that. I don't care where it came from. You come and bring it here, baby, we're going to use it for the kingdom. Now, that's some silly religious people that think, oh, I don't want no money that came for them selling that weed. If you sold that weed and made you a prophet, man of God, bring that to the house of God, and I promise we'll change lives with it. How you think the wealth is coming? Oh, religious tale. And the wealth of the who? The wicked is stored up for the righteous. You think the wicked is sitting somewhere doing good stuff with their money? If churches told you they didn't want your money, man of God, I will receive it happily right here at the altar of all nations, San Bernardino. You bring it here. Um, with the first fruit of all your increase. Somebody say increase. Now, y'all know that's a real thing. People do pay for cuddling and, and going on. It's a, okay, y'all don't know out here. I was always informing the saints. So the Bible says when you sow the first fruit, this is what it says. Your barns will be filled, I love this word, with plenty, right? And then your, your vats will what? Overflow. Well, what kind of wine? New. Y'all love that part. New. Why? All right, let's, let's keep going. In the Old Testament, God commanded his people to give the first, please catch this, please write this down, to give the first and the best portions of the harvest. The first and the best portions of the harvest as an offering to him. Read later for your own study time, Exodus chapter 23, verse 16, Nehemiah chapter 10 and verse 35. The best, the first I'm the best. God refuses to have leftovers. He doesn't want what you have left after you've done whatever else you wanted to do. He doesn't want what you, what you worked out after you came out with your plan, took care of everything else you wanted. See, I'm going to tell you, the key to your next level of every space you want to move in and navigate in is going to be the principle of the first. It's going to be the principle of the first. He must be first. He must be first. He must be first in your career. He must, he, he must be first in your family. That's how you're going to learn. People want, how am I going to get free in my family? He has to be first. He has to be first. Is your family centered around you or your family's traditions or your family culture? Uh, family's culture or is your family surrounded around him? You must teach the, teach, teach the young and you must teach the old how to focus in on him. Somebody say, I've got to get my focus. 
So uh, many of the offerings included grain offerings, included olive oil offerings, new wine offerings, honey, sheep wool, fruit, and even their herds and their flock was brought unto him. God has always required the first of everything. Let's go to Exodus chapter 22 and verse 29. Exodus chapter 22 and verse 29. Are you learning anything? Answer me in the comments as well. Are you learning anything tonight? Exodus chapter 22 and verse number 29. You shall not delay to offer the first of your ripe produce and your juices, the firstborn of your sons you shall give me. See, giving the first fruit was not just about their items they had. Again, for emphasis, it was literally their sons and their family. Bring them to me. Offer them to me. Give them to me. And when you do so, I will expand it. I will bless it. I will keep it in ways you would not have ever been able to do yourself. By giving the first fruit as an offering to God, the Israelites acknowledged that all the harvest, in fact, everything they had, please get this, came from God and belonged to him. See, that's a different kind of concept. You're like, oh, duh, apostle. No, not duh. Everything they had came from him and it belonged to him. What he did was place you as a steward. He's just sending blessings through you. But at any point when you stop letting it flow through you, you, in fact, according to scripture, will stop the blessing from flowing. Y'all remember the, uh, uh, the, the story uh, of the, the, the talents? It was the one who did nothing with what God gave him, did not do anything, didn't manage it the way he told him to manage it, that it was taken from him. It's important that you realize that the only way of managing is managing his way. And he wants the first. You've got to acknowledge him that everything you have belongs to him. And if it belongs to him, you have to ask him what you're supposed to do with it. I want you to type in really quickly into the chat, uh, the comments, and everyone in this room, just simply say, it's not mine. It's not mine. They didn't say nothing in here, in this sanctuary. But uh, maybe online you'll say, let's try it again. I want everybody in this room to say, it's not mine. Say it like you mean it, doggone it, not like you're in punishment. It, it's not yours. So you can't decide what you want to do with it. It's his decision. It's his decision. How do you want me to manage this? So last night I was watching um, Oprah Conversations. And I was watching Oprah's Conversations with uh, former president, always my president, Barack Obama. And President Barack Obama was on there with Oprah, and they were talking about his new book. Mine should have arrived in the mail today, Dr. Jaquette. Thank you for ordering it for me. Um, you're a great wife. So anyway, um, <laughs> he's sharing uh, with her, and, and I'm watching, and you, some of you are going to be like, what does that have to do with it? Just sticking with me. I'm watching um, the show, and I'm realizing how powerful and how much money um, that these people have, first of all. I was just like, this just makes no sense how much money is just sitting in this, on this show. It just don't make no sense at all. Uh, the influence, it just, it's just, it's just dumb. Uh, you know, I'm sitting there. But then I watch 
them have Barack Obama on a green screen um, wherever he was, Oprah at home in her living room um, and of her many houses. And they were able to turn, they were able to turn the uh, space where Barack Obama was in to looking as if Barack and Oprah were looking at each other in the same room. So I'm watching this technology happen right before my eyes and I'm like, how much money? So I, I, I'm, I'm the kind of person that goes into the details. So I'm watching, I'm like, wait, those are matching chairs. What did they have to do to get the chair to Barack, the same chair that Oprah is sitting in, a crew or whoever, however y'all ship this thing, to get it over there and to, what kind of money are you investing? What kind of cameras you have? Because it's not like y'all little green screens and I'm sick of all of y'all virtual backgrounds on Zoom. I'm just sick of it. Your head keep disappearing. Your eye is gone one second. We don't know if you got one hand, two hands. We are just tired of this. You are not at a beach. You are on the floor in your room. Sick of this. So it wasn't like that. <laughs> it wasn't like that. It literally, it literally looked like they were in the same room. So I'm like, God, I'm just talking to God. It's the middle of the night. Why am I up at 1 o'clock in the morning watching this? I don't know. But I'm up watching and I say, God, how am I to get this money? Because I want to know. Well, I want to know. Because I want it. So I'm saying, like, how do I get this money, God? And, I, and the Lord whispered to me, and this is what he said to me. You don't have to believe it. He said, they learned the power of sowing. Not, I know. I know. We, we, we want to we feel like, oh, they learned the power of investing in the right stock. They, 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 they learn it. No, no, no. They learn the power of sowing. And because they were willing to sow, please get this, their lives for the change of people. Oh, man. Not just their lives, but their money. Mm. It, it, it takes, just rock with me for a minute. I want you to think about sowing your time for a minute. I know y'all think Oprah just did that show just to do it because she just wanted to make fame. I believe that she really wanted to help people. Do you know for years Oprah never missed a show? Not one. When the time came for her to be in purpose, follow me tonight, to be what she believed that the creator, that's what she would say, the creator wanted her to be there. She was there. She never missed. Now I want you to think about that for a minute. Think of how many sick days she experienced. Think about how many days she woke up and wasn't feeling like it. Think about how many days somebody pissed her off. I said that. Think about how many days Stepney didn't give her none. She was upset. Think about how many days that she experienced all of these things and still showed up. still showed up. Now, we can argue about whether she was doing that for the kingdom or not or whether she was called by God to do it. We can argue about that. But here's the point. Oprah was willing to do stuff that most believers will never do. 
show up. I quit. I'm done. I'm going home. And show up no matter what. That was the sowing of a life to make sure people were transformed, that people could grow, people could develop. President Barack Obama felt a timing. Just hear me out. Felt a space that it was a divine timing that something was on his life. You preaching Barack and Obama? No, I'm using their stories to help you today. Barack and Obama. Barack and Oprah. I'm using their stories to help you today. He felt a divine timing. That speech at the Democratic Convention, I think it was 2004, that took him on the scene. There was something that was driving him where he knew, I believe it was God, I believe it was the Holy Ghost. You can have your opinion. That was letting him know, now is the moment. There's not going to be another moment. This is the moment. You're going to win. This is the moment. You're supposed to go. And the sacrifice it took to sow his life even when his wife wasn't in agreement. I quit. He did something we can't get most believers to do. Move in priority. He'll live the life that many will never live because many refuse to work this principle. First will change everything for you. First will change everything for you. It'll change everything for you. I'm speaking from experience. It'll blow your mind what God will do. Where you don't allow the opinions of others to look at you because you've given God your first of whatever it is. And if you stay in and commit that I won't stop giving my first, I guarantee you, I know what I'm talking about. God will release all kinds of harvest and all kinds of miracles upon your life that you have never seen. When you grab a hold of the principle of the first, if you're going to give God first of anything, listen to me, it becomes an expression of faith. To give God first of anything, it requires your faith. That's why many give him second. That's why many give him leftovers. Because it's too much hard work to work their faith. When I work my faith, people don't understand. When I work my faith, the opinions of others rise up. But when you say, he's my priority, no matter what, you don't have to understand me. You don't have to understand my commitment to God. As long as he's pleased with me. I feel like there's people that are watching me online and people in this room that God wants to get you to divorce the opinions of people. And what they have to say about it, God wants your first. The first, the offering of the first fruit was an expression of faith. Expression of faith that the harvest, the rest of the crop, God would make sure was blessed because I was willing to give him my first. Ezekiel chapter 44 verse 30. 
The Bible says the best of all first fruit of any kind, every sacrifice of any kind from all your sacrifice shall be brought to the priest. You shall give it to the priest, the first of the ground meal to cause the blessing to rest on your house. January, I think it's the 25th, we bring our first fruit to the house of the Lord. It is going to be a powerful expression. We're not doing this from home. We're coming to sight. Don't get nervous for all of my, oh, Lord, we're in COVID. I understand that. We're not coming in this building. I will see you outside. But every one of us are bringing our fruit to the Lord. We're going to come and bring it to the house of God. It is going to be powerful. If the regulations haven't changed by then, we're going to have a powerful outside worship experience. And, and we're going to commit to literally creating an altar. Literally. We're going to create an altar on site. And we're going to bring our seed and drop it at the altar. And we're going to allow God to release the blessing through his priests over our household. You may be watching today, and even though you don't go to this church, you're like, I want to participate in the first fruit offering. Let me tell you something. This first fruit offering is about the blessing. But let me tell you what the Lord has done. The seed that the people of God have gathered into this house allowed for multiplied thousands of people, lives to be changed both in San Bernardino, California, and Las Vegas, Nevada through the hardest time of this nation. That during the hardest time of this nation and many churches shut their doors and could not stand, we were never in a place where we even faced closing. We were never in a space where we could not handle anything that God called for us to handle. We were never in a space where we could not serve the people that God told us to serve. We were never in a space where we couldn't do and expand this ministry. The grounds of this church was expanded during a pandemic because of what God had called us to do through the power of the first fruit. You want to change lives? This is good ground. Sow your first fruit on January the 25th. Maybe you can't come here. Maybe you're out of the country. Maybe you're in a different state. You can send your seed. We're going to sow it. We're going to sow it into the kingdom of God. We're going to do it on January 25th. We're going to see God move in a very special way. Wow, that was amazing. Agreed. We want you to stay connected with All Nations San Bernardino. Do not let the uplifting stop here. Join us on Facebook or Instagram for more amazing content. We want to connect with you. And guess what? If you're in town or even out of town, come visit us at All Nations San Bernardino all the way live.